Let us pray. And Elisha said unto him, Go, say unto him, Thou mayest certainly recover. Howbeit, the Lord hath showed me that he shall surely die. 2 Kings 8.10 As I meditate on 2 Kings 8.1-15, I will lean on you, Lord, for comfort and provision in moments of uncertainty. Give me inner guidance and information, like Elisha, on what is to come. Thank you, God, for protecting all that is mine when the enemy seeks to steal and rob me of all that you've promised to me. Through every stage of my life, protect me from evil-minded people like Haziel, who seek to harm me and put an end to the business, territory, industry, ministry, and mission you've entrusted me with, Lord. I declare that I will not be moved nor harmed because the army of the Lord is on my side. Move quickly, Lord, that no plan formed against me shall prosper. I am covered, protected, and anointed by your power and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with us today. Continue your time with God by listening to today's Bible story. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Elisha and Hazael In our last story, the land of Israel was perishing at the hand of the Syrians. The land was stripped of all its resources. Food, water, and life slowly left the city of Samaria. Women were forced to eat their own children, and all hope seemed lost. Then, as Elisha predicted, life was restored to the city after four lepers discovered the empty Syrian camp filled with flour, gold, and silver. Now we learn of a new famine scraping the land of Israel. A familiar family is once again saved by God, and an enemy of Israel perishes, all for an even more evil enemy to take his place as inspired by the book of Second Kings. This is Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. In our previous episode, we heard about the severe famine in Samaria and how people turned to desperate acts to survive. We also heard how the king and many others blamed God for their troubles. But Elisha spoke God's promise to restore them, bringing abundant food into the city. And just as he promised, God rescued his people. He scattered the enemy, ending their attacks upon Samaria, and brought food and riches from their camp into Israel. Today we learn about another famine that swept through Israel and how God once again rescued a family we've met before. We'll also hear the death of one of Israel's enemy and the new foe that rises up even worse than the last. So now let's listen to the Word of God. The people of Israel rejoiced in their newfound wealth after the deadly famine. Families were restored, livestock recovered, and the armies of Israel were beginning to find their strength once again. However, they still lived in a land that could shift its abundance in a matter of days. There was uncertainty about Israel's future. Rather than lean on the Lord for comfort and provision, the people of Israel clung to their own strength. They had no idea what heartache lurked around the corner for them. A warm wind blew in from deep in the east, 
Lush trees began to lose their leaves prematurely, and the birds were flying away in flocks. Elisha could see the signs. He knew what was about to take place. With urgency, Elisha raced to Shunem to find the family he had once restored. Years ago, Elisha had restored the rich woman's son from the dead. He was close to the family and concerned for their safety. Arise, he ordered them. Sojourn wherever you can to escape. A great famine is going to pierce the land like a hot iron. The woman and her son trusted Elisha with their lives. They did not hesitate. They gathered whatever they could and departed to the land of the Philistines. For seven years they remained there. Meanwhile, a blighted wind blew continuously through Israel. Farms withered, grain turned to dust, rivers ran dangerously dry. The Lord allowed for a refining broom to be swept across Israel. Their self-reliance withered with the grass. After seven years, they looked towards the heavens, and the land began to be restored to its former glory. One day, the king was lounging in his throne room, listening to Gehazi tell stories of Elisha. Gehazi was Elisha's former servant, who was made a leper after stealing from Naaman. Although the king despised Elisha, he was fascinated by him. He respected him and his devotion to the Lord, so the king listened intently as Gehazi told story after story of Elisha's life with God. He spoke of many miracles, the greatest being when Elisha restored a Shunammite woman's son back to life. As the king was listening, the throne room doors opened. The king looked closely to see a woman and her son walking the halls to meet him. Gehazi gasped at the timing. My lord, he shouted, that is the woman I was speaking about. That is her son that was raised from the dead. The king stood to his feet. Even though he was ruler over Israel, he felt as though he was in the presence of true royalty. The woman told the king of her travels to the Philistines to escape the famine. When she returned, her possessions and land had been lost. The king did not hesitate. Restore all that was once hers, he ordered his governors. So the woman and her son were once again protected by the merciful hand of God. Meanwhile, Elisha was traveling to Damascus. His staff was keeping him upright. Years of famine had aged him quickly, but he maintained the quiet strength of a man with a purpose. Not so far away, Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, laid sick in his bed. His body was failing him, and fear overwhelmed his soul. He had worked his whole life to build his kingdom, and now fate was knocking at his door to take it from him. When he heard that Elisha was close, his hope returned to him. He had heard of Elisha's connection to God, so he ordered his most trusted servant, Hazael, to go and find Elisha. Please, ask him if I shall recover from this sickness, he asked. Hazael obeyed, but not with joy or enthusiasm. Hazael had a deep longing in his heart for the throne, and the king's sickness was an advantage to him. Nevertheless, he found Elisha in Damascus. Father, he said to Elisha, the king of Syria wants to know if his health will ever return to him. Ah, he will most certainly recover. Elisha paused mid-sentence. He looked into Hazael's eyes. They revealed a deep well of anger and ambition. They were not the eyes of a loyal servant. They were the eyes of a conqueror. But the king will die anyways, won't he? Elisha said. Elisha fixed his gaze on Hazael for minutes. So long that Hazael grew uncomfortable. 
Sweat began to drip down the side of his temple. He watched the man of God gaze into his soul. Then a small tear slid down the side of Elisha's face. Why do you weep? Hazael said, trying to break the silence. (laughs) Elisha placed his hands on Hazael's face. I weep because I have seen the evil that dwells within you. Your hand will be responsible for the deaths of many. You will set fire to Israel's fortresses. You will kill their young men. You will tear the wombs of pregnant women. Elisha's tone was sorrowful. He wept over the lost soul of Hazael. Hazael feigned offense. He mustered up false outrage and pushed the prophet back, saying, How could I do such things? I am a simple dog to the king with no power. Elisha shook his head. You know as well as I do you will be the next king of Syria. Hazael departed as Elisha spoke these words. He felt exposed. He felt vulnerable and angry. He went back to the king and delivered the good news of his recovery. The king rested easy, elated at the news. That night the king laid in his bed in peace. He was no longer afraid of dying. He could even feel his body making a speedy recovery. Thinking only of good things, he slowly drifted asleep. The cool air drifted through his window. The moonlight shone brightly through the skylight. The king was fast asleep and could not see the slight shadow approaching him. There, in the dead of night, Hazael loomed over him with a wet cloth. He placed it over his king's face and smothered him until he drifted into nothingness. The king perished that night, and Hazael became king in his place. We begin today's passage with a joyful Israel enjoying the wealth and provisions God had sent them to end the famine and devastation of the land. They had done nothing to earn or deserve this great favor. It was God in His grace who had rescued and provided for them. But as we are all prone to do when the sun is shining and all is going well, the Israelites neglected to trust in God and rest in His provision. Elisha knew this self-reliance was going to cost Israel dearly. The Lord's judgment for their forgetful hearts would once again bring famine to the land. Knowing what was coming, he went to the Shunammite woman, the same one who had provided a place of rest for Elisha and whose son Elisha had raised from the dead, and he told her of the impending seven years of famine that were about to sweep through the land. She took her son and traveled into Philistine territory to wait out the seven years. And sure enough, God removed his hand of blessing from Israel, and they were faced with the harsh fact that they could no more provide for their own needs than an infant can survive without its mother. At the end of the seven years, the woman returned with her son only to discover her land had been taken from her, so she went to see the king. When she arrived, Elisha's servant, Gehazi, the man who had been stricken with leprosy after he deceived Naaman, was regaling the king with tales of what Elisha had done. This moment was divinely appointed. For in 2 Kings 8.5, here is what we read. And while he was telling the king how Elisha had restored the dead to life, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life appealed to the king for her house and her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, Here is the woman, and here is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. This was not an accident or a coincidence, of course. It was God's timing, paving the way for his provision and protection. 
So the king sent her with an official, promising to restore what she had lost. Once more, this woman and her son witnessed God's enduring faithfulness. And once more, we are reminded that God takes care of his own. When we lose things, God will restore them in his own time and in his own way, even more than what we had lost. Elisha then traveled to Damascus in Syria. Again, we see the Lord's timing at work. For as he arrived, the Syrian king, Ben-Hadad, was very ill. He heard Elisha was in town, and he went to speak to him, for even this foreign king knew that the Lord was with Elisha. So he sent his servant, Ahaziel, with camels loaded with gifts for Elisha and asked if he would recover. It seemed like an earnest question from a loyal servant. But Elisha knew Haziel was harboring other thoughts, thoughts of betrayal, murder, and seizing power. Elisha told Ahaziel to tell Ben-Hadad he'd recover. But then he said God had shown him, in fact, that the king would die. Elisha then fixed his gaze on Ahaziel until he was embarrassed. Elisha then began to weep, and Ahaziel asked why. He said it was because Ahaziel was going to do great evil to Israel, horrors exceeding those of Ben-Hadad. Haziel feigned innocence, denying that he had any such intentions or even the power to carry them out. He was just a servant. But when he returned to the palace, he gave the king the message just as Elisha had told him, saying the king would recover. Then that same night, he smothered the king in his sleep, fulfilling Elisha's words. Syria had a new king, Ahaziel, and he would bring great sorrow to Israel. Dear God, we thank you for your word, inerrant and infallible, your eternal word. We thank you for these great stories of the Bible that inspire us and motivate us and challenge us and move our hearts to trust and obey you. Help us always to trust in you and know that every good and perfect gift comes from above, your provision, your protection, and your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Let me encourage you to download the Pray.com app and always make Bible reading and Bible study a priority in your life, along with prayer. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you love. Let someone know, because by sharing this podcast, you can truly make a difference in someone's life. And if you want more resources from me, Jack Graham, as to how you can grow in your Christian life, then go to jackgraham.org. That's jackgraham.org. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Welcome to the Pray News Podcast, where hope is our only bias. Each day, we'll unpack the most prominent stories happening in the news and offer a Christian perspective. We won't shy away from the hard topics, and we won't dilute the hopeful message of Christ. This is more than a daily brief on the news. It's a way to be informed and transformed. Listen to Pray News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.